This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right into topic here in just a moment, but I want to remind everybody to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there. You can give financially, go to the donate page and give. <clears throat> Another way you can serve us is just go to uh, iTunes and write reviews on wherever you listen to the, to the podcast. That helps us to get just feedback. Help spread the word of the podcast. Just helps us to grow and know how we maybe can help and serve you better. You can also reach out to us through the contact page of the website or social media and make suggestions. We, in fact, today we're going to continue to try to address some of the questions that people have written in and asked us to address. And so we've kind of got a broader topic that we're going to be able to cover several of those things with today. So. Feel free to contact us through the webpage or through social media. We love to hear from you, and we want to try to accommodate if there's a way we can address a topic that would be particularly helpful to you. And Jim, we want to do that today. And it, it just it's interesting, isn't it, as we looked at the list of questions that people sent us recently, how many of them kind of revolve around this issue, and that is this unique fatigue that pastors feel kind of as we sit in this moment. We're, you know, 18, 20 months into this pandemic. It looked like it was going to clear up and we were going to be able to move on with our life. And now in the last even month or two, it, the game has changed once again. And there is just this general fatigue that is sitting on pastors that is starting to, we, we kind of recognize it because we work with pastors throughout this. But I think we can say now that there is a, there is a unique response now that's coming from the fatigue that's coming. Pastors are leaving the ministry in droves. There's people writing about that now, and, and we're experiencing the, this, a similar kind of thing. Pastors are so fatigued and wore out and battling things like depression, anxiety, in ways that they never they never did before. I think this is new mm. to some of them. Some have always battled, battled that, but some are dealing with this for the first time, and, it, and it's almost like, the pastors are just becoming overwhelmed in a way that they haven't before. And this, this group as a whole is just facing this with everything that's going on. So it's almost like we're not sufficient to do the things that God calls us to hmm. do. And that's what it feels like. Is there any passage in the Bible, Jim, <laughs> that talks about something like that? Well, yes, there is. You're kidding. No, yeah, no. You're kidding. No, yeah, no, but, but you know, 2 Corinthians 2 uh Ask that question, uh, who is sufficient for these things? And, or to put it another way, who's able to handle this? Or who, who has enough for this? And in the context, Paul is talking about this calling of gospel ministry in which you are the aroma of life to life for some and, and death to death for others. That is, that the ministry that you have will for some people be a part of their condemnation, the rejection of the gospel that you preach. That is that you're going to have some part in the damnation of people, as it were. Mm. And then even the reality that if you are the aroma of life to life, what that means is it's wonderful and it's glorious, but it also means if somebody responds to the gospel get saved out of the world with all their background and everything else, you're going to, have to take care of them for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And they are somebody who lives in the world. They're somebody who's going to be assaulted and attacked by the enemy. They're going to struggle with remaining sin. 
They're going to live in the confusion at times of dark and, and uh, obscure providence. They're going to doubt the love of God. They're going, to, they're going to be up and down in their spiritual life. And because you love them and you're invested in them and your life is tied with theirs, you're going to go through a, a, a swing at times uh, of emotion. So and just the reality, Brian, that we are proclaimers of the word of the one true and living God ought to be enough to overwhelm us at times with joy, but at other times with that very weighty responsibility. Mm-hmm. You got to get it right every single time. You, you ought to strive in whatever your circumstances, the best of your ability. And we, I say that in light of we just talked about being bivocational and that sometimes when, when we say bivocational, it might mean that the ministry is really their second job as far as time goes. Yeah. And yet it's still your calling to give the word and to take care of souls and to counsel people, to help them in their in, at times rotten marriages, to deal with a wayward child, to get the phone call that somebody just died, uh, that someone's just in the hospital. Somebody just found out they have cancer and Hey, it's on you to uh, go in there and to bring the right word and to bring the comfort and to bring change. And, and Brian, I don't know about you. I'm not adequate for that. Yeah. And, and that is, that takes every, take everything else out from the last year yeah. plus. What you said is normal That's pastoral ministry. That's normal yeah. 2000 years yeah. of pastoral ministry. And that's why, uh, Go ahead and lay because we're asking the biblical foundation. You have things like First Corinthians chapter fifteen, where Paul says, "Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain." Now he writes that because some people believe or think begin to feel like their labor is in vain. Because Brian, let's be honest: the the goals and desires we have for ministry, fixing that marriage bringing that person to repentance, uh, causing them to turn from their sin, embracing patterns, healthy patterns in their life. That doesn't always work. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the word that should bring reformation and revival falls flat. Uh, the prayers don't seem to be answered. Uh, people are bickering among themselves no matter how much you pray and plead and exhort and preach. And you feel like a failure, and you think at times, does anything I do work? And you're gonna you're gonna find yourself saying, who who can do this? If Paul was brought to that place, yep. this ministerial Superman yep. who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, who when <laughs> it's an amazing statement in uh, it's Acts 26, I think it is, and Paul is giving his testimony before Agrippa and um, and he says this and he gives his testimony and he says uh, the Jesus says to me he said to me um, go out and open the eyes of the blind and release people from the power of Satan and all this and he says I was very eager to do that very thing you know it was and he didn't seem like he felt completely overwhelmed yeah, right. by that incredible no task Moses given to him. No Moses response at that point. Yeah, right, it wasn't so. like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. It was like, yeah, man. But but then he goes and says, who's sufficient for these things? Yeah. And he says again, well, one more is, is uh, Galatians 
Um, don't grow weary in well-doing, knowing yeah. that in due time you'll reap if you faint not. That's, that's very – I appreciate the realism there. That's really helpful. And the picture you gave of, of normal pastoral ministry is really accurate, and I would affirm. And as we said, that's normal which is not doing ministry in the last 18 months of a pandemic and right. what the and the impact that the the unique impact that has had on pastors. And as we said before, here's what we're seeing. We're seeing pastors just leave the ministry entirely. We're seeing pastors needing to at least step away because it's just too much to bear. Uh, we're seeing um, pastors dealing with physical issues as yep. well as mental and emotional issues that is hindering their ministry. So uh, we just want to point that out because if there's one thing we can do to serve any pastors listening to this, Jim, it's letting guys know that this this is normal. Like they're not alone in what they're do- what they're going through right now. Exactly. Here's the second thing I want to say before we get into anything else. Wherever you find yourself today, if you're depressed, if you're really anxious, you're fearful about how, and you're exhausted about dealing with all the fights and the conflict that's coming now with with all the, the things that continue with the division around the pandemic and all the things that, that come with that. Let me just say, it's, it's okay to be where you are. I think a lot of times we sit back yeah. and go, I'm the pastor, I shouldn't be here. I'm the pastor, I shouldn't struggle like this. I'm the pastor, I shouldn't whatever, you fill in the blank. And, right. And, and we need to start there, Jim. We just, because acceptance on one, where you are where you are because you're human. You are where you are because you're not sufficient ultimately for these things. Right. And there's a cost that comes with this. And this is part of the ramification of it. And it's part of the calling. So I just want to first highlight it's okay to be wherever you are. God knows you're there. He it has you at that place for a reason. And you have to start there with that foundation. Otherwise, you just heap judgment on yourself and condemnation right, right. and that that certainly doesn't help any of the things we listed that pastors are dealing yeah, with. Yeah, right you feel now. guilty and then you you're going to hide it or whatever else it, it you know may be and uh there's a sense Brian in which ministry done rightly uh ought to overwhelm us. We'll, we'll bring you us, mentioned, yeah. mentioned we'll again bring men like Moses there are other there's there are people in the word of God that when they're called to do what God is calling them to do they look at it they compare the task to the weakness of their humanity. We did a podcast recently on weakness. That yeah. we're, we, to be human is to be weak. Yeah. Uh, we, we are not likened to mountains and, and boulders. We are likened to grass and to flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, are, we are smoking flaxes and bruised reeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's... that's all of us at some time, and it doesn't matter. You can be the most ro- seemingly robust, emotionally robust guy in the world. You're going to come across something. If you're going to deal with real people, sinners in the process and the throes of of God working salvation and Christ likeness in this life, it's going to bring about something there, where you're going to look at it and go, I have no idea how to help this. I have no idea how to fix this. Or again, you try and it doesn't work. And you're, if you have a heart, I think you're going to wind up at times you know, feeling very discouraged. Uh, and Brian, I'm sure you have stories. I have stories. We could sit here probably all day, uh, like guys sharing their battle scars, and tell you, tell, talk about the circumstances and situations. Uh, that brought us to the point where we needed either we needed at least a little bit of time away 
or we really needed uh, some outside help. And so, Brian, I just want to say real quickly here because you said it's it's okay. I think also we want to encourage some some guys really do need to seek some help, which we're going to get into in a minute. Which we're going to get into, and and so so yeah, do know you're not alone. You're not weird. Um, The our the biographies we love are the guys who just seem to have unfailing, unfailing, unfailing strength and wisdom and, and man, they, but you know what? All those stories, I don't get, pick your hero and I'll show you, I'll, I'll tell you the story of their weakness. Uh, well, so Spurgeon, and and Spurgeon, Spurgeon, yeah, Spurgeon, you, you know, there's a whole book on Spurgeon's sorrows, mm-hmm. uh, but we, that's not what we always think about. We think about the guy who started orphanages and seminaries and, and preached five times a week. I should be able to do that. Yeah. Well, he died at, you know, 50 something, you know, he didn't live as long as I've, I've lived and, and he spent months and months and months uh, trying to convalesce and get over his depression yeah. and anxiety. There is an incredible irony in the ministry in that the call of a pastor is, is the call to suffering. It's part yeah. of the call. And we're human beings called into this. And the incredible irony is that pastors, for some reason, lose sight that the call of the pastor is to have a unique suffering that comes with it. And that you're human. We've, we want to fight against the fact that we're human. And then we don't. We're almost surprised when the suffering comes. Yeah. And so I think this is, this is a concept that's important for a pastor to, understand, to be reminded of. We're surprised by things that are actually rooted in the call you know, to be a pastor. I, I talk to pastors all the time who, who have adversaries come out against them in the church. And I talk about that because you know, this is part of, that was part of my story. But I talk about this, and it, it's... It's stunning how many pastors who go to try to be faithful in their gospel ministry God's called them to, they're surprised when the enemy sends adversaries to try to come against yeah. them in the midst of it. So it's it's one of those things we have to understand. Part of this is understanding the call. And in 2 Corinthians 4, you said earlier, I mean, it's just life in you, death in us. That, that's, right. that's kind of what is... This, this dynamic, this paradigm of, of ministry is. So, Jim, I want us to spend, though, maybe the rest of the time, because we want to first acknowledge it, it is okay to be where you are. That's You have to accept where you are. Yeah. You're human. You're weak. It's okay. But I certainly didn't want to clarify. I didn't say it to then just leave it. Oh, no, I, no, no, yeah. no, no. I wasn't so, thinking So that, we want to so, spend, and, and yeah. we want to spend the time. I know you understood that. But I want to spend the rest of our time talking about, so then, Pastors are at this place. What are some maybe practical things we can just, categories of things we can put in front of them? You're not sufficient for these things, but we're called to these things nonetheless. So what are things we need to do to take care of ourselves, to monitor what's going on in our life, to make sure we can do this for 30, 40, 50 years? So, Yeah, how does does a guy survive and thrive uh, in the long term in ministry? So, so let's I, throw, throw some categories let, out let's there. Let's throw some categories out there. I, I, Brian, I think one of the things we need to do is to temper our expectation or to have a realistic assessment of what we as men are able to accomplish uh, in, in the lives of other people. And, and so, for instance, uh, I can save absolutely nobody mm-hmm. if somebody is not saved through my ministry i think there i think there's a sense in which I, I i think it's right to feel some burden and some sorrow 
but I ought not to feel a kind of crippling guilt or what's wrong with me or any of those kinds of things. It is you are you are called. We'll get into this more in another aspect of it. You're called. You're you're called to give the gospel. The results are not yours to bring. So I, so what again? So I'm getting back to this. You need to understand what is your calling. My calling is to be is to give the word. It's to be faithful. It's it's not my calling to produce fruit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. No, because I think part of the the thing that brings the anxiety, brings the depression, is we cross over into that place that's that we're not responsible for. It's it's God's responsible to do certain things. And, and I think you rightly hit on that. When I when I meet a pastor who's just absolutely overwhelmed with his it's it's oftentimes he he is burdening himself with things that God is the only one that can do and bring the result in. But exactly. somehow he feels like he's right. so I think it's an excellent point. Another one I'll throw out there, in these moments, it's crucially important for pastors to know how to take care of themselves. So uh, sleep, rest, like getting taking bit breaks, like removing yourself, you know, from ministry for, for a time, you know, using all your vacation time, you know, these are all things that are to be built into your life to help avoid you hitting the wall uh, that so many pastors are finding. And this is what I just keep learning this over and over again, that so many pastors just don't, either they don't know how to take care of themselves or they don't think it's part of what they're supposed to do. But but Acts 20 says, take pay careful attention to yourself and your flock. And there's a lot wrapped up in take care, pay careful attention to yourself. We've talked a lot about that. But I think one of them is to know your limitations, know who you are, and to know how to take care of yourself so that you can be at your best to do this important work that God has called you to. And too many pastors don't know how to how to take care of themselves. So when, as we're in a work that we're not sufficient ultimately to do, we have to be mindful of the things that help us take care of ourselves. So sleep and exercise and you know how we eat and how we how we take care of ourselves, how many hours we work in a in a certain a, a day and a week. All that stuff matters when we're talking about pastors who then show up at our doorstep and are, are just overwhelmed or having nervous breakdowns or burnt out. I mean, that's so much of what leads to that. Yeah, and I think, Brian, we need to really emphasize healthy things. I mean, there are – you need to know for yourself what – uh, is rejuvenating to you. Right. But I want to encourage you, if what's rejuvenating to you focuses too much on like alcohol and tobacco and things like that, understand that at the end of the day, that's probably not excessive. Well, that's not going to be the healthiest thing for you. Mm. And, and maybe you need to, to temper those things or somebody may hear that and be shocked that I would even say that, that, uh, well, maybe on both ends that they would be shocked to say, think that, I, well, that no, these but, but, are, you know, but again, if you're, but if you you're taking do. too much consolation from uh, you, are soothing yourself through alcohol, numbing yourself through alcohol at night. I, I think the Bible allows for the beverage use of alcohol does not allow for drunkenness, but if you're, if you keep skirting that edge, and that's what you're looking forward to at night, that kind of a thing. You, you, that might be not the healthiest way to deal with your anxiety and with your burden and with your, your feeling of burnout. Uh, you may want to find something that's a little bit 
I think that that's going to lead you in some ways that are ultimately not as healthy. And again, you get down to eating. Uh, what do you, Hey, if I had a rough day, I'm going to feel much better having uh, fettuccine Alfredo with, uh, and Brian, I made some the other day with a chicken Alfredo with cheese tortellini, oh, three man. cheese tortellini. You're killing me. It was ridiculous. You're killing me. But I, I, I would be, you know, but that's like a thousand calories or plus, <laughs> right. you know, for a serving and something like that. And, but yeah, would I rather have a salad or have the uh, chicken Alfredo? Well, the problem is if, if you're, if you're stressed all week or week after week, month, and you're putting on like a Brian, a lot of pastors pack on an, an excessive amount of weight uh, and it doesn't help. It doesn't mm-hmm. help in their pursuit of their, 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 their health. And, and, and sometimes that eating is tied mm. to their emotional state. It's not just that, well, I got these meetings out and, and all of those things. We're trying to find comfort uh, in those things. It might right. be, and I've struggled with this, and you know, excessive uh, frivolity with things, like, you know, watching TV or, or just a bit too much of that, or you know, YouTube videos, or you know, whatever, whatever it is, and and you find you're just trying to numb yourself a little bit, anesthetize your soul a little bit, just to help you to to keep on. And I, I think that you know, if you, if those things are happening, maybe you need to recognize. Why, why am I maybe drinking so much, eating so much, spending so much time in front of the tube or whatever? And it might be, again, that uh, I'm, I really am overwhelmed and, and I'm, I'm finding something to try to help me and not, not you know, uh, any of those things at any one time, fine. You might need to do that. Sometimes you're yeah, having a w- watching a comedy. Hey, you know what I'm, I've said to some people. You know what you might need to do is just you know say hey, sit down and watch the Three Stooges or something. You know, have some just laugh your tail off. You know that's just hilarious. Have fun. It's okay. You know, uh, de stress. Eat the big meal. Uh, do something like that. Enjoy yourself. But if that's every day of the week, multiple times in the week, then it might be again that this is a sign that you're you're really suffering and, and need to do something, I would encourage, a bit bit healthier for yourself to deal with the stress and anxiety. So you're sharing all that just to kind of give high points of uh, what guys should be watching for if they're at this place and maybe even don't even realize that they're at that place. Yeah, and that, and again, also, it, it, it's, it's your, hey, you're, you're, you're trying to deal with it, but you're dealing with it maybe in ways that aren't healthy. Oh, I see. So, so, there, so there yeah. are unhealthy, there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways. And I'm not going to be a legalist about this and say, no, well, you know, but hey, you know, sit, sitting out by a lake in the mountains, uh, I think can be a healthier way to de-stress than eating five pounds of cheese. Yeah. Although sometimes hey, I'd rather eat the five pounds of cheese. And but. I think that's, that's what, that's what we're talking about is, is finding, obviously, negative or unhelpful ways to deal with being overwhelmed and stress is a is a good way to identify okay something's going on I, like I need to I need to talk to somebody which is another which is another thing I would throw out there is is you're feeling these things it's really important that you're you actually have a safe person in your life you can talk to about it with depression stuff anxiety stuff you know to your point if you got signs in your life like you you're drinking too much you know you're eating in excess and you're you know, you're you're not exercising at all. You're sleeping three or four hours a night instead of seven or eight hours a night. Like yeah. those are signs that something's wrong. Or twelve or fifteen, or, or it could be go the yeah, other right, way. Yeah, yeah. right. You, so make sure you're talking to somebody about this, uh, because 
you don't have to be alone in this, but also it's dangerous to be alone in this. That's where pastors really get themselves can really get themselves in trouble when they live in the isolation of this stuff and don't get somebody to help them kind of pull out of it. Brian, you've mentioned before, and maybe you know, guys don't listen to every one of these podcasts. Brian, you, you've seen a, a counselor or a therapist at times. Is that right? Yeah, so I still do. I, there, I have a, a counselor that I still check in with once a month. Uh, go, I, I drive an hour to meet him and drive an hour home. And so, but I invest that time because it's just really important. And then I have people I meet with weekly uh, here that, uh, that do play similar kinds of roles. So I, I, I have this built into my life, even though, you know, I'm, I'm not at a place where I'm, I'm needing, feeling the need to have to tackle a bunch of those kinds of issues. It's prevent, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be preventative, and that's what I would encourage a lot of pastors to do, especially during this time. Because you're a guy, Brian. A lot of people look to you for help. You, uh, you know, so it's not just in yeah. your church. Right? Right. You, you put yourself in a ministry where, and and we want to encourage this. We both want to do this. We want to we want to help other men in ministry, yeah. and, and yet we're also men who need help. You know, so that's every right. every man who gives help needs help, and I think that that's an important thing to be able to to recognize. Brian, do, do would you ever encourage a guy to think through and say at times, listen, you got too much on your plate, you're simply doing too much? Uh, is it any, any time that you thought you were doing that and realized that this was part of what was was we've talked about that the ordinary can break you. Sometimes we're broken by an extraordinary amount that we put on yeah. ourselves. Have you ever had to deal with that? Yeah, I'll make this. I'll make this my my final thought. I end up saying this to pastors all the time as we're working with them. And that is, you know what? It, it's okay if if that doesn't get done. And mm-hmm. they're just kind of flabbergasted by that. We, well, yeah, it's got to get done. Actually, no, it doesn't. I know you want to get it done, but it doesn't have to get done. And are you going to get grief that it doesn't get done? Maybe. But, you know, there are certain things that have to get done, and then there are certain things that we really want to get done and they just don't. And so a big part of this is pastors knowing how to set boundaries, how to set limits. And this is all goes back to what we've been talking about, recognizing our humanity in the midst of the things that we're not sufficient to do. And so being mindful of that pastors try to be Superman and do the job of two people constantly. And in my experience, that's what's leading to the burnout. That's what's leading to the extreme being extremely overwhelmed because if we do that to ourselves in the ordinary gym the extraordinary just piles on that much Mm. more and that's where i think we find a lot of pastors in this spot today so Mm. any final thought for you on this i think we need to brian recognize that a lot of this is cyclical that uh you're going to go in and out of this at at any particular time thankfully blessedly there are often seasons of respite where things are relatively more peaceful or that you're more at ease. Uh, do your best to plan for the the future storms that are coming, have certain things uh, accessed in, in nearby. But as you said, I think you said earlier, Brian, the best of that is your, is, is the general da- daily soul care. Mm. That's the kind of thing that enables you to be able to face the uh, unusual storm that's ahead uh maybe brian a topic for another time because this is on my mind is is when does when does a guy actually then just call it when does he just say no i 
I really can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. uh, where the regular means fail and for that person's health and prosperity and the good of their family and really ultimately the good of the church. Uh, when does a man say? So I think you, you, the, I'll just leave it at saying that sometimes that might actually be the answer. The best thing. I agree. It may be. It, it may be the. It that. may be the best thing. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes ministry is is only for a season, mm-hmm. and that that too is it's okay. You're not dis. If God has brought you there, He's not disappointed. Yeah. And you need to understand that yeah. and, and and deal with yourself. That's a good word. Eighty uh, percent of pastors don't make it ten years, and I think True. there's this is the, because the work is hard and challenging. That's that's the way it is. But but yeah, there there is there are reasons to leave, and you may be at that place. Even more of a reason why you need to involve other people in your life and in the decision making around that. So, Jim, let me take a moment and just pray for pastors who might be struggling in this way. Lord, we're we're grateful that you have allowed us to be a part of your work. Uh, to spread the gospel, to care for your people and the souls of your people, and to build your kingdom. And yet we recognize your your all-wise plan. You call us to a work we're ultimately not sufficient for. So we have to rely on you. We have to trust you to do so much of the work that we put our hands to. So I pray, Lord, you would help us to find that balance. Help us to not put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to do what only you can do. But Lord, we also pray you would help us to strive and persevere in the work you have called us to, recognizing that you have called us to it because you will give us what we need to do what we need to do. For pastors struggling in this really challenging time, Lord, give them grace and strength and put people in their lives they can talk to and and share their burdens and their struggles and ultimately to strengthen them to be able to do the work you've called them to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.